0: Chronosphere Fiction. It's good to see y'all back, and uh, howdy to you newcomers. Although y'all should be a bit wary, because we're off the beaten path here. This is the part of Chronosphere Fiction known as the Undead Trail. We're going to share some stories with you out here about these parts, of which the first is known as Where Death Comes Uninvited. This here is part two. It's a five parter, so you best stick with it. And uh, keep your eye on that horizon for our Patreon site, Chronosphere slash Patreon. Or you can contribute to can of beans right on our Podbean site. The Undead Trail so far is uh, submitted and written by Mr. Craig Robotham. you will be dishing up a lot of goodies for you real soon. Well, no sense lollygaggin'. Best, uh, circle the wagons and get ready for this ride.
1: Jim Wilkes formerly of the
0: U.S. Marshal's Office, has taken a job as sheriff in the town of Liberty Gulch. Barely preventing a lynching, Jim finds himself saddled with a deputy who, likely, owes his position and allegiance to the local mayor rather than the law.
1: kept me waiting there a while sheriff you waited I wasn't keeping you uh-huh well if you don't mind my saying so you're not much better company now than you was when I woke you up are you gonna follow me around gabbing
2: all day well I am here deputy what are we doing I'm gonna look into that church fire and see what's what
1: is that so Dan I mean the mayor. Ain't gonna be too partial to that. (laughs) How'd you end up a deputy, Leach? I've always been the deputy. I worked for the last sheriff. And what happened to your last sheriff, Leach? He got himself killed out in the engine lands. Dan's always saying them savages need to be put in their places. The new world of civilization ain't got room for the likes of them, he says.
2: And how come, as the town deputy, you ain't been the acting sheriff this little while?
1: Well, sir... This is a part-time thing with me. I got me a job-tending bar in Dan's saloon. I ain't the commanding type. And there's a few around town who opposed me being appointed. Like who? Any deems, for one. After Dan, she's the richest
2: woman in town. I doubt Dan would like to hear you referring to him as a woman leech. Now, Sheriff, you know that ain't what I meant. Sure I do. I'm just funning with you. But since you mentioned it, I think I'll start by talking with Miss
1: Deans. She's a strange one. Private-like. People around here say she's had an education. Some even say she can read Latin and Greek and some other heathen lingos like Hebrew.
2: I'm guessing you haven't been blessed with a lot of book-learning yourself. No, sir.
1: All them letters will give a man a brainache.
2: Figured as much.
1: Come on.
3: Be right with ya. Oh, it's you, Sheriff. What can I do for ya?
2: Howdy, Miss Deems. I was wondering if I might ask you a few questions about the fire.
3: Not in front of him, you can't. And it's Annie to you. I ain't anyone's miss, or missus for that matter.
1: Now, Annie, there ain't no call for being so rude.
3: I'll talk anywhere I damn please in my place, Wallace Leach. And if you expect anything different, you're a bigger fool than even I thought you was.
2: Is there a problem here?
3: Well, Sheriff, you see... Don't let the all-shocks manner of this one fool you, Sheriff. You're a stone-cold killer, ain't you, Leach? And a coward to boot. How many men is it you shot in the back?
2: Why, you... I think you better go outside and cool down, Mr. Leach. But put the gun away, or I'll take it off you and put you down myself.
1: But you heard her. Leach. All right, Sheriff. But only because you say so. That's probably the smartest thing you ever did. I'm going to wait outside. But you can bet I ain't done with you, Missy. Yeah, right. You like to take
2: risks, don't you, Miss, uh, I mean, Annie?
3: I'm harder to kill than I look. And the likes of Wallace Leach don't scare me much. What's he doing with you anyway?
2: The mayor lumbered me with him last night.
3: You know he's going to repeat everything you do and say to the mayor, don't you?
2: Uh Uh-huh. But in the meantime, he's telling me a lot more than I'm telling him.
3: You take risks of your own, Sheriff. How can I help you?
2: Well, you and I were discussing who might have had it in for the preacher the other night, but then we got interrupted by the lynch mob. I'd still like to hear if there was anyone around town with an axe to grind.
3: Uh Uh-huh. Well, you seem like a good feller, Sheriff. But as Wallace Leach goes to prove, a friendly demeanor can still hide a dangerous villain.
2: Does that mean you
3: won't help me? It means I don't know you. And neither does anyone else in this town. You ain't likely to find out anything useful until we do know you and learn to trust you a bit.
2: The man in that cell back there don't have that kind of time.
3: I know. Huh. I'll tell you what. If you fire that no-account piece of trash Wallace Leach, that may go some ways toward earning people's trust. He's hired muscle for Dan Wilson, and no one's going to speak freely to you with him around.
2: What's Wilson's interest in all this?
3: Let's just say that Wilson uses money and muscle to stay in control of this town. And he's afraid of what you might hear.
2: And what might I hear?
3: You gonna fire Wallace Leach?
2: I'd already decided on it when he showed up at my door. Him drawing a gun on you in here is the only excuse I need.
3: I see. Well, asking around town, you might hear that the preacher was an advocate of Indian rights.
2: That'd be unusual.
3: He was an unusual man. He was captured and tortured by Injuns once. It never made him change his tune, though. Mercy and kindness were his watchwords.
2: Doesn't sound like a man to make many enemies, then.
3: Don't you believe it. He ain't the only one to have experience with torture from Injuns. Dan Wilson went prospecting in Injun territory as a teenager. He claims he was captured and tortured before escaping. He crawled back into town half-dead raving about hostiles and monsters. He almost died, in fact. The doctor pronounced him dead for about a minute and a half. But then he recovered and has gone from strength to strength since. He made his fortune not long after that. Apparently, he accumulated some big gambling wins back east while convalescing, and this gave him the money he wanted to set up the saloon. He's been all for driving the engines out ever since.
2: The two men cross swords over that issue often.
3: Sure did, all the time. Wilson's an atheist, the only one I ever met, and he wants prospecting rights on the Indian land. The preacher has opposed him every step of the way. The mayor petitioned the governor, and our preacher sent a counter-petition at the same time. It got so that the two men wouldn't even look at each other if they happened to meet in the street.
2: Is there anything out in that desert worth digging up?
3: It's dry scrub and cactus for far as the eye can see, but who knows? Maybe. Most people think throwing the engines off their land is just Wilson's way of getting revenge for what happened to him as a youngster. Some folks say he still goes out into the Forbidden Territory from time to time, hunting them. But I can't say whether there's any truth to that. That
2: sounds like gossip. Dangerous gossip at that. If someone was hunting engine folks, you can bet there'd be reprisals.
3: Maybe so. Anyways, turns out in the lead up to the fire... Reverend Josiah was claiming he had something to reveal about our mayor and that he would be commenting it on Sunday.
2: Convenient. Do you think there was anything to it?
3: I knew Josiah Smith well. He was a good and honest man. If he said he had something on the mayor, then you can bet he really did have something. Nothing was found on his body, and all his possessions were burned in the fire, so whatever it was he had, it died with him.
2: He lived in the church?
3: Uh Uh-huh. He used to say he liked the feel of consecrated ground beneath his feet.
2: Anyone around town likely to back up these facts?
3: A few people. But not while Wallace Leach is there to scare him and to keep him quiet.
2: Thanks for your time, Annie.
3: You'll be careful, Sheriff. Especially if you think you'll be going up against the mayor. He's a dangerous man.
2: Yeah? Well, as it happens, so am I.
1: Hey, Sheriff, you shouldn't have let that painted skirt talk to me that way.
2: Leach, you are an idiot and a liability. Now, see here, Sheriff, you don't know what I've had to put up with from you that. You drew a gun on an unarmed woman in the clear light of day. I'm gonna need your badge.
1: You can't take this away from me. You ain't got the right.
2: I've got every right.
1: I'll go talk with
2: the mayor. He'll see this put right. You can go talk with whoever you want but only after you give me that badge.
1: No, I ain't gonna
2: give it to you. Leech, I'm a dead shot with this peacekeeper and I've already got the drop on you. I think you'd better comply.
1: <coughs> Dirt's the best place for that piece of tin. You'll be joining it soon enough.
2: I don't take kindly to threats, Leech. Now hand over your sidearms.
1: arms. These is mine, Sheriff. You can't take them. I
2: can, and I will. The only people who can wear those inside city limits are peacekeepers, and you ain't no lawman no more. Hand him over. This is your
1: first and only warning. You are one self-righteous son of a gun. All right, Sheriff, but this ain't the end. And you
2: ain't seen the last of me. I'll keep a weather eye out, over my shoulder, so to speak. From what I hear, you ain't the kind of man to come face another from in front. (laughs) You'll rue the day you called me a coward, Sheriff. I'm too busy ruin the day I had to meet your filthy carcass in the first place.
1: Now get! Hey, Sheriff. It's a shame I lost the keys to that fella's jail cell. It's like to make things a little inconvenient for you. You better watch out for that one, Sheriff. He's got a long memory for public slights and a reputation for settling his accounts with a pistol in the back. He's not a man to be trifled with. That weren't no man worthy of the name.
2: He's a cowardly dog, spiteful and dangerous. I'm awful afraid I'll be having to put
1: him down real soon. Well, good luck to you, sir. More than one has tried. And you might want to set on this a spell, too. Leach was the mayor's man. Everyone knows it. Putting down Leech like you done is tantamount to declaring war on the richest man in town. He'll see it as a personal embarrassment, and he'll come looking for a way to make you
0: answer for it.
4: You still here, partner? You're a funny man, Sheriff. That material will go over well with all your incarcerated audience. Well enough. You need anything? Uh, I could use some food. Ain't no one brought me anything since breakfast. I thought Annie might have been in. No, sir. She figures the job
2: of keeping me fed and watered is yours now. I guess so. And she'd be right. I'd apologize that you've had to do without, except I think I've got some good news for you.
4: Yeah. Hanging date been brought forward, has it? You're something of
2: a riot yourself, smart guy. All right, then, out with it. I don't think you did it, and I'm willing to cut you loose. You don't say? Well, I've been talking to a lot of people today. The liveryman confirms that he locked you in the stable for the night, and that it was damned unlikely you'd have found a way out and then back in again to where the townsfolk found you. Most of the town knows about the ongoing feud between the mayor and the preacher, though most don't believe it had come to murder. And the blacksmith and Kelly Adams both saw Wallace Leach lurking in the vicinity of the church that night, about 20 minutes before it burned.
4: Well, I'll be. Leach, huh? No wonder he was so keen to see me hung. He'd have been next in line for people's suspicions. I have a suspicion
2: he actually did it and was acting on behalf of the mayor. Why are you telling me all this? Well, I'd like to discuss you staying on here for a spell as
4: my deputy. Would you discuss it over some food? (laughs) Sure.
2: Give me a minute to find my skeleton key.
4: Leech still has the cell key, right? Uh Uh-huh. Claimed he lost it when I fired him today. Here we go. Yeah, You'll have picked up a few enemies getting me out of here today, won't you? Uh Uh-huh. All right. I'll be your deputy until we get the fellas who set me up. But then I'm gone. Shake on it? Yeah, it's a deal.
2: You ready, Abe? Uh Uh-huh. You, Sheriff? Yep. I guess we'd best start our patrol of Main Street. Make sure everyone can see you, and that tin star but don't let your hand stray far from your gun. Don't worry. I intend living till a ripe old age. Liar. If you believed that, you'd have headed out of town undercover of dark last night. <laughs> I guess so.
1: Holy. I mean, good morning, Sheriff.
3: What on God's green earth? The Sheriff
1: must have exonerated him.
3: Damn, if the mayor ain't gonna be mad about this. Morning, Sheriff. Good morning, Sheriff. This'll turn some hotheads hotter. Now, if this ain't a sight, I was just coming to bring you some vitals you might cook up for your prisoner. And here he is, wearing a star and all. Are you out of your damn mind?
2: Take it easy, Annie. He's been exonerated.
3: Sure he has. He didn't do it, but what the hell is he still doing here? You should have put him on a horse and sent him on his way last night.
4: Yeah, you might try and avoid talking about me as if I ain't here, Miss Annie.
3: That's just... Annie, you jackass. You ain't got the common sense God gave a rattlesnake. Either of you.
2: Now take it easy. There ain't no call for getting
4: so riled up.
3: Sure there is. How'd you end up talking this idiot into putting on that star? It sure as hell gonna get him killed.
4: He didn't have to talk me into anything. Letting me go was gonna cause him a heavy deal of trouble. Possibly even kill him. I couldn't just walk away.
3: Man! You might have been able to calm things down with the mayor. This way, you've got all but declared open war. I ain't looking to bury another sheriff this soon. Or his no-account deputy.
4: Well, she's pretty riled. Uh Uh-huh.
2: Let's hope it has the same effect on our good mayor.
4: You want to remind me again why we're setting out to deliberately spit in the eye of a powerful man like Dan
2: Wilson? Because we're hoping it'll cause him to do something rash, make a mistake, and allow us to get him for the recent killings.
4: You know, when we was talking about it by Lantern Light last night, this plan seemed a mite more sensible than it does
2: right now. Oh, you're just feeling squirrely because I hung a pork chop around your neck and asked him to send in the wolves.
0: Yeah.
4: Thanks for the pep talk, Sheriff.
2: You're welcome, Deputy. Now let's see about walking into the lion's den... Not real big, is it? The saloon's built for a small town. No body house, a bar, a few tables for cards, dice, and faro. From what I hear, the mayor lives above
4: the establishment. Got many hired men in there? A few. Maybe more than a few. Well, hell. Who wants to live forever, anyway?
0: The Undead Trail is written by Mr. Craig Robitham Your narrator at the beginning of this episode was Mr. Jason D. Johnson Sheriff Jim Wilkes is played by Mr. Pete Lutz Annie Deems is voice acted by Ilana Labarine Abe Farrow was played by Paul Arbisi Dan Wilson was played by Rich Green Deputy Wallace Leach, as well as other mobsters and townsfolk and various voices is Mr. Jeff Moon. And added into them townsfolk and mobsters is none other than Caitlin Curtis. Original music is written, performed, recorded, edited, mastered all that stuff by Mr. Daniel French at Fishbonius Sound Design. Production, editing, sound effects, foley. Sound design of whatnot is also Mr. Daniel French of Fishbone of Sound Design. Stay tuned to Chronosphere Fiction and look for more episodes of The Undead Trail because there's a lot of hairiness to come. Until then, may all your prairie nights be comfy. And as usual, keep your cosmos clean.